back to the Policy One podcast in our new studio. Brand new. Which is our apartment. <laughs> in beautiful downtown in Cleveland. In beautiful downtown Cleveland, right on the edge of Euclid Avenue and some street that's a number because it's a grid system. Facts. Extremely convenient. It's impossible to get lost in a grid system unless you're from the suburbs. This is true. Or my mom. From the suburbs. Or my dad. From, from the, the suburbs. suburbs. <laughs> or my friend Leah. Shout out. From, from the, the suburbs. suburbs. Aha. Exactly. I also... Come here, bud. Come here. Booty man. Come here. As many of you may know, I do have a cat. He is the official mascot of the show, and his name is Lyndon. Say hi. I'm so glad you guys have finally been able to meet him. Ah, yes! Woo! (laughs) Anyways... What are we talking about today, Kale? What happened? What happened in the past few days? I think something that is a call for celebration. Did someone get fired? Yeah, in one of the most funny way possible. Who got fired? And there's a new job opening in D.C. I heard as well. A certain member of the House of Representatives oh, from California. Right, Kevin McCarthy has <laughs> been the first U.S. House Speaker in history to be removed from. His position. That's crazy. Because it only took, what, like eight Republicans to kick him out? It took one Republican to motion to vacate, Mm -hmm. which was Matt Matt Gaetz. Shout out. Unshout out. Unshout out. And then seven other Republicans voted along with him to remove Kevin McCarthy. Now, I didn't realize Kevin McCarthy was the first House Speaker. Because I forgot that John Boehner resigned. Before he could be removed, much like how Richard Nixon resigned before he could be the first president to be removed from office. Mm-hmm. Really funny, like dynamic. A really funny dynamic. Yeah, but you know, this was expected. I gave him, I gave him six months. He survived nine. Yeah, he outlived the head of lettuce. He did. <laughs> he really did. Hello. The figurative head of lettuce. Yes. Obviously, we're not. British. Yeah, thank God. Nor are we counting down days till Liz Truss resigned. Or becomes the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Because at this point, I don't know the difference between Kevin McCarthy and Liz Truss. <laughs> Both lost their job pretty They're quickly. the same person. They're the same person. But, <laughs> you know, he, I mean, he sold... Like, I remember we were watching the... Um, the original speaker's vote back in January and it took what it was 15 ballots 15 it was 15 ballots and I remember I was talking to I was either talking to my dad or my grandpa I was like even if he becomes speaker which even at that time was like big maybe at that point yeah he's gonna have no power because he gave up so much shit to the Freedom Caucus and these dare I say Maggots. Oh. Mega Republicans. Busted out the resist lib lingo. Look, I'm telling you, they've been cooking for a while, and I apologize for ever, ever discounting them. <laughs> but yeah, he he gave up so much. And one of them being altering the rules of the house so that you needed one motion, one person to to want to kick him out. Out of four hundred and 35 people, one person right? Torpe- 
torpedoed that man's career. In a matter of days. Days. Gone. 48 hours. Gone. He's done. I mean, yeah, he's done as speaker. Maybe he's not done as a house rep, but still. He might be done as a house There's rep. There's a chance he's done as a house rep. Yeah, because he, he's going to get primaried. And it'll be really funny to watch. It'll be really funny. Because I remember when Republicans took back the house in 2022. And there was all this celebration. And then here we are today. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy doesn't have his job that he wanted. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I thought, Lyndon. Exactly. And, you know, the, the one thing that I think is so funny is I remember a few years ago Republicans were using the words Dems in disarray. <laughs> totally doesn't apply now. Dems in array. Dems are in array. Democrats in the House have the party loyalty of a Maoist guerrilla group in China. (laughs) They look at Hakeem Jeffries and just look at him like he's a... Like the permanent president. What's next? What do you need from us? What do you need from us? He says jump. The Democratic caucus says how high. Exactly. But (laughs) Nancy Pelosi, as much as I, you know, have issues with her... Her age or whatever. Whatever issues that you may have with her. Damn. Damn, could she really whip votes in line and keep people in line. She was operating with what? Basically the same majority. Yeah. And she she was never threatened in a realistic way with her speakership. Yeah. Ever. Ever. But Kevin McCarthy couldn't do it. Because he's a loser. Let's break down the nine months... Of a McCarthy speakership. I don't know either, bud. 15, 15 votes until he actually became speaker. Then what? A lot of nothing? A, a lot, lot of talking? Of, a lot of talking. A lot of caving to the far right? Which, I don't even know where he stands. I don't either. Because, you know, he was a like big blowhard for Trump. But his policies and what he said behind the scenes was the opposite. Mm-hmm. So he's just a lot of a lot of talk. It's a lot of talk and no... There's no zhuzh. There was no chutzpah. There was nothing. Jokes aside, he did nothing. Yeah. I mean... Passed think, the Parents' Bill of Rights like two times, I guess. I think it was the representative... One of the representatives from Wyoming. Or no, they have an at-large district, right? Yeah. So the representative from Wyoming was the one that said... You had like 12 things you wanted to get done. You got none of it done. Something like that. And look, they were... Right. He got none of it done. None of it was done. Because he can't negotiate. And when he'd negotiate, his, the Freedom Caucus would get mad at him. And he, and then he got rolled by Democrats that one time in the, one of the spending bills. When we were about to default, he had this, he was like grandstanding. And then he got to give in at the last second. Yeah. Biden made him his bitch and then a whole lot of nothing a whole lot of talking and then just recently when we were about to go into a government shutdown he was grandstanding he wanted to get all these things done he wanted to have all these spending cuts he wanted this type of thing for the border he wanted to do all that crazy shit and then he got steamrolled by democrats again i know it's really incredible how much of a absolute loser he is and that was the last straw for future governor of Florida, Matthew Gates. Future um, senator of 
California was clearly going to be Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, you know. But moving on, let's get let's get more <laughs> let's get more local. Okay. How local, Joe? The state of Ohio, the great shining jewel of the Great Lakes. Right. So on Tuesday, the Ohio Department of Education ceased to exist at midnight, defying a court order. May it rest in peace. Because Governor DeWine, as part of um, a overhaul of the state's education system, uh, specifically, obviously, the Ohio Department of Education and how it governs um, public education in the state, the governor, Michael, he basically said, fuck you, I'm doing this anyways, and officially created the Office of Education and Workforce. Listen, if I can go against what a court says by claiming it'll cause disorder, what is stopping me from doing something crazy? That was his whole argument, too, is that he just broadly said it would cause chaos. Oh, okay. Okay. One, no. Prove it. No, it, it, it won't, because, like, you know, it won't. The, the You're whole, just a liar. He just said it. He didn't offer any explanation. He didn't offer any evidence. The only thing he said is that it would cause issues with vouchers because we know Republicans love vouchers. You know, I don't care if it causes issues with vouchers. <laughs> also, I don't think it would because that money has already been dispersed for the school year. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's already been dispersed because considering it is October, school kind of started a while ago now. It's just, it's just really incredible. Because now the Department of Education is overseen by an office that's appointed by the governor. It's not... Where in our state, we've enjoyed having an elected body with a few appointees doing these things. And now state school board is effectively powerless. Yeah. And that's also on the heels of another state rep introducing a bill to make state school board elections overtly partisan. Yeah, we talked about that with Mike a couple weeks ago. Exactly. It's just a real... It's just really obvious what they're doing. And we talk about it all the time. That it's a just a very brazen power grab. It's a essentially a war on public education. It is. And it has been for years. I've enjoyed public education. What's wrong with it? I enjoy public education. I went to... You know, I went to public high school. I turned out fine, depending on who you asked. But... It turned out fine. Depends on who you ask. But, really, because my problem is, is that, like, for vouchers, for instance, there's situations where, yeah, there's districts that are genuinely struggling, and kids need to be educated in some way, Mm -hmm. and a voucher should be a very last resort so that that child can get a good education and be prepared to move on to the next grade level and then do whatever the hell they want after high school, whether it's trade college, community college, or university. The, like, what we're doing now and these vouchers, one, there's no, there is no evidence that charter schools provide any better education than a public high school. Sometimes, right. sometimes they provide worse education than a public high school. Secondly, and my biggest gripe with vouchers, is that these charter schools aren't held to the same standards and are not, are don't have the same oversight applied to them as public schools do. Mm-hmm. You elect a public school board. 
I vote for school board candidates. You, a, a charter school or some you know random charter STEM school isn't doesn't have an elected body that represents what the community wants, and that's the most concerning thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just it's it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. Oh, it's so nuts. No oversight. They could. If you send your kid to a charter school, they can kick your kid out for whatever reason they can make up. You can't do that at a public school. The other problem, and like I'm saying this as someone that is Catholic, and I go like I go to church, I pray my rosary, but bump it. But there, I hate that these my like our public tax dollars are being used to fund private educations at religious schools. Mm-hmm. You have the right to send your child to a religious school. I went to Catholic school for eight years. I enjoyed it. And that's, you know, if you want a religious education for your kid, by all means, do it. That is your right. I'm not paying for it. Neither is anyone else, because it's not fair. It's not fair, and it, you know, violations that whole idea of uh, separation of church and state. Some which, members of Congress claim that that doesn't exist. A lot of random people that have no background in law think that America is a Christian nation. And you ask them why, and they go, well, the founding fathers. Weren't Christians. Weren't Christians. A lot of them were deists. Yeah, which is like spicy agnostic. Agnosticism. (laughs) Mm, They were so funky. But moving on. Rishi Sunak. Fucking sucks. Conservative Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. (laughs) So, we talk a lot about public transportation on here. A lot. Yeah, quite a bit. We have a lot of people that study public transit, that listen to this podcast. We talk a lot about the RTA. Kale and I, frequent RTA riders. Took the water line, waterfront line. line To the absolutely horrific Ravens game that was Kale's first NFL game ever. Let's not talk about that, but... Anyways. (laughs) So, for the last... God, I don't even know how long they were developing this project. But in the United Kingdom, there was a project called HS2, which just means High Speed Rail 2. It was a high-speed rail project to connect London to Northern England. Mm -hmm. Something that was promised and is part of the reason why conservatives enjoy like a, what, like a 352 seat? Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. But as of yesterday or two days ago, Rishi Sunak canceled it. Yeah, he was at a, it was a party conference, Mm -hmm. Tory party conference. And he was so smug. When he announced that he was canceling this high-speed rail project, and it pissed off the SNP in Scotland, and it pissed off a lot of people in Scotland. It pissed off. I mean, I'm, I'm pissed off. I don't even. I've never been to the UK. You have, unfortunately, but <laughs> <laughs> I have, and I, I took rail across Northern England, and it wasn't high speed. And now it will never be. High and speed. now it will never be high speed. The craziest part is that a lot of this stuff was already built. I remember a few... What was I watching? It was a few months ago. I just go down random rabbit holes about rail transportation a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And they were... Like, some documentary crew was following around uh, construction workers that were literally building the HS2 line. 
Yeah. So the infrastructure has literally been built, and now it's going to sit there and do absolutely fuck all. Yeah. And what's crazy, what's even crazier about that is in the same speech, he said that the exact same amount of money is going to be spent in the exact same region on rail projects. Yeah. Why can't that just be spent on H on HS2? That's what's so what's incredible because so the total cost um, that is remaining is thirty six billion pounds. I don't know what the conversion rate is. I don't give. I don't know sterling dollars. Thirty six billion pounds sterling silver. Quite, quite. But the remaining thirty six billion pounds (laughs) is going to quote. Light rail, tram, tram projects, light rail, and improving Northern England's motorways. Which is interesting. Yes. Because as soon as we first saw that clip of him um, canceling HS2, two I, thunderous applause from the Tory audience. By yeah. The way. Two thunderous applause. I went back and I watched the whole speech, and. I listened to some pundits talk about it and all that stuff. It feels to me like he's kicking off a new almost culture war in the United Kingdom because he's talking about crazy things. But it's stuff that like I've heard from Republicans, mm-hmm. like American Republicans. He talked about how, like you said, motorways. He wants to invest in motorways. He talked about how British motorists are are on the decline and how that's an issue. He railed against 15-minute cities and how that's bad for the country. And that's fu- that's fucking crazy. It's fucking nuts. It's almost like he's playing into those weird conspiracy theories about 15-minute cities where they're trying to control when you go to places and where you spend your money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what his speech kind of like reflected. Yeah. It was so mind-blowing. It's, it's almost like, because like I spent a lot of time in London. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time taking public transit and walking everywhere. And I took a bike a couple places too. They have streets that aren't big enough for the car that I drive here. It's like he wants to make those like three lane, like four lane roads. Yeah. And it's, wah, wah, no. Dummy. Dummy. <laughs> Dumbass. Dummy. It's just so weird because the United Kingdom has been fairly insulated from culture war politics, from my perspective, mm-hmm. until extremely recently. Specifically with, um, I think there was something with the S&P and LGBTQ issues a few months back. Yeah, Scottish Parliament butted heads with, with the Parliament in Westminster about yeah. About trans rights, I think. And then Labour and Keir Stommer, the head of the Labour Party, um, also they backtracked on trans rights as well mm-hmm. because suddenly this is becoming a quote unquote issue in the United Kingdom. And I think Tories have seen how it's kind of galvanized Republican voters and conservative voters. In the United States, and they're—I think—they're probably banking on the same thing here. Um, I don't know if that works. I don't know a lot about political coalitions in the UK. Besides that, Northern England used to vote um, for Labour like it was a Soviet election from the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> 
or a modern day election in North Korea. But bro has a sod margins. A sod margins. But it's just really incredible to see this happening in another country because yeah. the UK and the US are very similar politically in the sense of we basically have the same electoral system. We have first past the post, winner take all. We have two dominant political parties. Realistically, you know, the UK has a multi-party system. You know, you have the Lib Dems, SNP, and some other Northern Irish parties represented in Parliament. But realistically, and for basically the entire history of the United Kingdom, there's always been one party being able to create a government. There was one time, I think in like 2012, that the Conservatives and the Lib Dems formed a weird coalition government for like a few years or something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, much like the United States, there's always going to be one party that's in charge. You're not going to really see a coalition government really ever. Listen, if you live in... If you live in between Manchester and Liverpool or... Newcastle, up in Tyne, you know, that whole part of the country. These two Americans sitting in Cleveland right now want you to vote Labor. Yeah, you have to vote Labor. You have to, because I said Trust me, it. you don't want roads that are like three times bigger than your car and then also have no crosswalks and also yeah. have a speed limit of like 40 yeah. miles an hour. It's... You, you value walking everywhere. In your country. I'm just saying. And you should. And you should. Oh, trust me, you should. You should. It takes me... It takes me five to eight minutes to drive to, to a giant eagle that's right near my house. To walk, it would take over an hour. Incredible. You don't want that. You don't want that. Vote Labor. Vote Labor. <laughs> this is an official position of the policy wonk. Or Lib Dem. Office. Or Greens. You know, just don't vote for the conservatives. Don't vote for the Tories. They're bad. They're bad. And... They're bad at governance. They're bad at governance, yeah. It's crazy because there's like a housing crisis and it's largely blamed on the Tories. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the backlash from Brexit is being blamed on the Tories, rightfully so. They're the party of Brexit. You know, Brexit means Brexit. Have you seen those videos? Yeah. Brexit means Brexit and it also means... Man, who knows at this point? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So, we got through news a little fast today but we do have a lot of announcements to make because policy wonk and wonk media in general we're finally in a position where we're starting to expand um and i think it's gonna i think it's important for us to take a moment to talk about our future plans and what we're trying to do now yeah i mean we're we're not in the usual location anymore. Yeah, and we are trying to get new equipment, new supplies, all that fun stuff. Um, that requires funds. Yeah. So we we're looking to uh, increase our donor participation on our show so that we have people who give us cash. So we can put it into our show and put it into our um, family of shows, our equipment, all that stuff. So we can keep bringing you top-tier political discourse. So we can continue to tell people in Northern England to vote for Labour. Exactly. Um, (laughs) But we do need 
donors. We're looking for more, more donors. If you're interested, uh, reach out to us at 614-266-3969 or email policywonkcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll communicate from there. But we we have big plans, I would say, that yeah. we're trying to get done as soon as possible, really. Ideally. Ideally. But, I mean, it is a big, long-term project. Mm-hmm. So, A lot of our focus right now is mostly towards getting proper equipment, mm-hmm. um, a.k.a. not using a Yeti mic borrowed from my dad. Shout out. Shout out, dad. Um, and then also investing in some better soundproofing and studio lighting just for if, you know, just to kind of increase the quality of the podcast so it's nicer for listeners and also easier for us mm-hmm. um, to record so that we can focus on both making a more high quality show 100%. that's more engaging um, but also so that we can focus also on our studies because as you know um, Kale graduates this year actually this December and then I graduate in the spring so um, and then looking more into the long term Kale and I have been talking about it a lot more, possibly expanding into like sports. I would love to talk about sports. Um, As a non-Browns fan in the city of Cleveland, I would love to talk about the NFL. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a Cavs fan. I'm a Guardians fan. Yeah. I support the Columbus crew. I would love to talk about sports. But... Ohio represent. Exactly. But we are really excited because, you know, this started off... I'm not sure how many months ago, back in March or February, yep. that we made our first episode in the library at CSU. We're creeping up on a year. And we're creeping up on a one-year anniversary of wonk of wonkertainment. Wonkertainment. I like that. I like that. And, you know, we've kind of delivered the same type of style of politics, just us, me and Kale talking about politics. And, you know, once we start finally investing in or investing more money into the podcast, which I have plans on doing, and then also getting more support, we can finally start, you know, doing that. And I know I'm excited. I know Kale's excited. I know Lyndon's excited. Lyndon, say you're excited. Meow. I know Victoria's excited. Who's off camera right now? Woot woot. Exactly. But the whole... I think... I feel like I went off on a tangent, but... (laughs) Policy Wonk and what we've been doing here started off as as like me and Kale wanting to talk about politics and generally getting better at speaking. Yeah. In general, one hundred percent. And now um, I think we're starting to get into a position where we can actually do more and you know start giving back. One hundred percent. Because I'm a very community focused person, and it's going to be really awesome if one day we can do more to give back to our community that's propped us up like in manner where i'm from you know back in, home in columbus back home in columbus the university the university in cleveland the city State, of cleveland the city of cleveland justin bibb shout out dude I bobblehead guess. justin bobblehead. bibb bobblehead uh, but yeah i'm excited for the future and we're excited to you know share it with you guys very excited and all these things um gonna tack one thing on top of that that we're also expanding um shell talk is going to be rebranding into a more international relations focused show uh called diplomatic review um yeah i mean i'm going to be having 
guests from maybe the IR department here, mm-hmm. uh, guests from other countries that I've met from my my travels. Way wrong, wrong. And I want to talk. I want. I want. I want to flex my knowledge as an international relations major as mm-hmm. well. So, talk about the United Nations, the European Union, NAFTA, USMCA, all those other acronyms. Um, but I'm excited to do that as well. Yeah. Um, and all of that. Put a little bow on top of it because we're going to need help. Yep. So we're actually hiring, quote unquote hiring. We're all unpaid here. Um, so it's, it's a really good resume builder, I would say. But we're looking for a development expansion manager to help us with things like getting advertisers, uh, boosting revenue, things like that. Um, specifically things like LLC formation. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the stuff that is out of my you know, realm in my brain because I'm a poli-sci major. And I'm a poli-sci major. So, <laughs> uh, if you're interested, please send your resume and a cover letter to our email. Um, that's that's all I got. Yeah. But that's all we got for today. Thank you for listening. And we're excited to bring you this new format because I think this worked out very well. I, I think, like it. I really prefer it because it feels more casual and it feels more engaging. It's also not a million degrees like the other room. Yeah, we actually have like AC... Unlike the studio in the library. No hate, but it no gets hate. really hot in there. It gets really hot. But again, thank you so much. And have a have a wonktastic day. <laughs> Wonk Nation. Wonk Nation, rise up. Out. <laughs>